The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Make Life Work, the show that explores people and culture and shares some ideas on how to improve both. Your host is Kathy Ellis, and she will entertain you and share insights on how to make life work. Now, here's Kathy Ellis. Welcome back from that break. This is Kathy Ellis, and we have guests today from Italy. Mark and Giselle Stafford, they moved to Italy from Britain and opened a wine touring business, and we're going to chat about that and see how it all worked out for them. I do want to let everybody know first that this is the last show of the original, of the first pilot series, and I'm going to take a hiatus while I get my act together and drum up some sponsors and a long list of guests. Hopefully, we'll only be out for a few weeks. But it could be up to a couple months. I do hope on coming back. I really did enjoy this. At least on my end, it was fun. (laughs) And so I just want to let you know, and I'll keep up with the Facebook page and our website. And today, for any links to Giselle and Mark's wine touring business, I have posted all of their links, their Twitter, Facebook, and web page, to the Voice America page, as well as my website makelifeworktoday.com. All right, that said, welcome Giselle and Mark. Hello. Thank Hi. you. Hi. Good evening. <laughs> How are you? Always a good morning. Well. Yes, it's um, afternoon here, and as everybody knows, it's 10 o'clock in Italy, 10 p.m. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and so why don't you tell, what's the weather like first? It's really nice. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> it's been good. Yeah, it's very dark. <laughs> Uh, but it's been a beautiful day today, a beautiful autumn day, and um, it's gorgeous, sunny weather. Lovely. And it looks and like it's set to be like that for the rest of the week, so I'm very happy. So lovely. And you survived the earthquake all right? We did, yes. Uh, we did feel it. It was. Um, it, it, it made us shoot out of bed very quickly. Um and uh, we we checked the house and everything was fine, and we went back to bed again and got woken up an hour later with the second one. Wow! Um, it was it was quite scary. loud. Yes, it was loud and scary. It, it sounded like a train going underneath the house. That's what I mean. That was my experience. I thought it was like a a train was approaching. And it yes. took my mind a minute to realize, wait a minute, there is yes. no trade. Exactly, exactly. And on top of that, we, we, as you might imagine, we have an awful lot of wine glasses, and they were all chattering amongst each other. So yeah. that, that was quite loud as well. But we didn't lose a single one. All we did was, all we lost was one little ornament off a shelf in the spare bedroom, which we didn't actually discover for about three days, because we don't clean very often. <laughs> 
Well, before we talk about what you're doing, why don't you mention Sarah and Mark, what they're doing for the animals. You know, everybody knows that when there's an earthquake, they, well, the, Mark is... Yeah, um, excuse me just uh, for a second. While Giselle and Mark didn't suffer any damage, there were a couple towns that were um, rubble, turned into rubble, and there have been a lot of displaced and hurt animals. And the friends have been helping mm -hmm. with those. Go ahead now. The, the, the actual earthquake did affect our friends, Sarah and Mark. They live in the Marque in a place called Amandala. And... Um, they, they actually had a little bit of damage, but they feel very fortunate. I mean, they had uh, their chimney mm. collapsed, it fell off. And, um, but they immediately, the day after, they didn't really think of themselves. They just went, we're going to go and help the, the animals down in Amatrice um, because we know that they're going to be displaced, they're going to be scared, they're going to be hungry. And, um, and there'll be no one there to feed them. And we're not right. just talking domestic pets here. We're talking about farm animals because basically Italy is one big farm. Nearly everybody, if they haven't got farm animals, they know somebody who has farm animals. And so yeah. there's not the cats and the dogs and the rabbits and the mice, etc. There's cows, sheep, horses, pigs. They all need feeding and, and mucking out and stuff. And maybe their owners were dead. So... They're, they're thinking of not just domestic animals, but farm animals as well. Cows especially need daily attention to be milked, you know? Yes, they do, yes. Um, go ahead. They've been collecting donations, I know. I know I sent a little bit of money. And if anybody's okay. interested, I'll be posting that link on the Facebook page later today. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. They, they, they've raised a phenomenal sum of money. And uh, they, they're uh, making lists daily that um, the, the people down um, actually at ground zero, if you like, they are giving them lists of things that are needed, desperate things like the medicines, beds, uh, collars, cages. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they've just done cat feeders uh, so that they, they can just leave the cat food um, at different places without having to go back every day. They, they, they can feed themselves right. um, because the cats are still too scared to actually come and oh. uh, be with the people, you know, and yeah. it's, been, it's been nearly a month now. So and please don't let their, their personal kind of email or PayPal account name put people off because they only they've thought... They've just changed it. Oh, they have? Yeah. Okay, well, my it. mistake then because they thought they were only going to raise two or three hundred euros uh but it's now it's over eight thousand euros and um, so basically it's wonderful it's it is really fantastic, fantastic. they've kind of inadvertently started their own charity yes um, and it looks a bit dodgy because <laughs> they've got their own personal paypal account but, but they they've have changed now it now changed it so people so, don't have to worry they are two of the most honest, apart from us, probably the most honest people we know, that your donation will not be frittered away on wine. No. No, and I'm, I, know of, I know them as well. And yeah. um, there's no concern, you know, you donate money to big organizations, you have no idea how much is going to, to no, direct no. services they, and they, all of this money is going to directly to the animals. Absolutely. They, I mean, they, they not only do they do this, I mean, and they're doing it daily at the moment, uh, going down, they're, they're traveling hundreds of miles a day, going down and, and actually being there and 
dealing with it with the people that are, are officially there, if you like. And, um, and they're not only doing that, but then they're going back and they're dealing with the people that are guests at their, their uh, holiday homes. Right. So, like, they're, they're, they're not getting much sleep. They're not. They're very selfless people. They really are. They really well, are. So let's talk about you two and what you're doing. Tell me, how is it you decided to move to Italy from Britain? Well, first of all, where, from, where in Britain are you from? Well, I'm from Cornwall, which is down in the southwest, um, in a little uh, mm. town called Falmouth. And um, I'm from sort of all over, really, but I kind of grew up in Hertfordshire, which mm-hmm. is just north of central London. Yeah. So and we we actually we actually met up in the northeast. No, no. Lincolnshire, halfway no. up. It's not the okay. northeast at all. Okay, ish. It, it's above. See, you can tell we only ended up in Italy by accident. <laughs> <laughs> so what did bring you to Italy? Um, well, <clears throat> originally, originally, uh, believe it or not, we, 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 we turned up for a party. Um, that I believe. <laughs> <laughs> and never left. Um, but... <laughs> No, we, we, we came over and um, Mark had taken one of the TEFL courses to teach English as a foreign language. Um, and that was what we came over to do. And I took the course as well and discovered that really that was not my vocation in life. I did not enjoy teaching at all. And um, so we thought we need to do something else. Well, not only because you didn't like it, but because it was very difficult. As I got better at teaching and more people wanted English lessons um, with a person who spoke beautiful English, (laughs) Um, (laughs) the recession was beginning to cut hard and deep. So more and more people were losing their jobs. So fewer and fewer people had the money and the time, really, to, to pay for English lessons. So basically, we knew we had to do something else, but we didn't know what. Luckily, meanwhile, uh, Tuscany was kind of full, so more and more, more and more tourists were visiting Umbria, which is right next door to Tuscany, and they were discovering that the wines were rather good. So I started teaching English to half a dozen of the local winemakers in the Montefalco area. There you go. That's how, that's how I learned about the wines. Um, so we ended up knowing that we needed to start our own business because we're foreigners here. It's extremely difficult to get a normal job. And to be honest, after changing country, we didn't really want a normal job. And, uh, so we, we, we found ourselves in a situation where we needed, if we wanted to stay in Italy and we did, we had to start our own business, but we had no idea what to do. But I had all this knowledge about the winemakers and how much love and passion goes into these wines. And all of a sudden, we're invited to my nephew's wedding in California. And hey, presto, we do a, we do a wine tour in Napa Valley. Uh-huh. And we, <laughs> we were kind of disappointed with the experience you have at the wineries. And we kind of looked at each other on, in the bus on the way back to the hotel after the tour. And I swear we saw each other's pennies drop. <laughs> and we thought we should try this. So we came back. That was in 2009. And we came back here in 2010, we started Gusto Wine Tours, and thank goodness it took off. 
quite dramatically. Actually. It did. It did. Yes. And you've been I mean, doing it for years. We've been doing it. Uh, it's been like six sixth years. year this yeah. year. Brilliant. And it's it's. It's wonderful. It's really, really wonderful. Well, I mean, we're still here. Basically, yeah. that, that's all we wanted from the business was to be able to stay here. We didn't particularly want to work hard enough to be millionaires. That's we're too much work. It's, it's called life after work. We've got a life here. We haven't got right. to work. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, it's doing its job, basically. It's, it's letting us stay here. That's wonderful, like sir. I was going to say, with a life that we enjoy, I mean, we, we, we work hard and then we can play hard. And we, we, well, you've seen our place. It's, it's a beautiful area. And, you know, we, we've got our dogs and the garden and uh, great friends. Big vegetable patch. And, you know, we, we have the country life. Yes. And it's beautiful. You do live in a beautiful place. Um, so let me tell you what napa wine tours are like having been there many many times mm -hmm. first of all napa wine the excuse me for insulting anybody but the napa wine industry or area has gotten terribly snobby if you want to do california wine go to sonoma county but nonetheless mm -hmm. so you go into a winery it's jam-packed with people you can't yep. hear anything the guy or gal is saying you may mm -hmm. be able to slip your glass in for a taste something like that it was kind well, of like that, but it was it was very mean. I think is the right word. It's not, yeah. you know, very very small pause, which is ridiculous, really. I mean, there's so many wineries there. If you've actually got somebody there, why not give them a proper tasting of your best wines? Don't give them a, a, a tiny portion of your base entry level wines that there's so little in the glass, you can't really see the colour. You can't see how it moves. You can't smell it properly. You can't taste it properly. And then, because there's so little in there, by the, when you drink it, you leave a little drop in the bottom, and then they put the next tiny quantity of wine in there, and you've got a blend. <laughs> right. You know? So by the time you've had the fourth wine in there, you've actually got a little bit of all four wines in there. So you've really got no idea what you're drinking. And then some, some little... And they charge you $15. $15, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, that was six years ago, seven years ago, so who knows what it is now. Uh, and some spotty youth comes and pours your wine for you and says, This is our premium Merlot. It's very good to be barbecued meats. <laughs> and, then, and then he's off to serve another 100 Chinese people. And, you know, it's $75 for what seemed to me to be like a Merlot 101. And then you have to leave through the gift shop where there's arrows on the floor like an Ikea store to make sure you see all the merchandise. Yeah, well, so I, do, thought, I do believe Napa, um, that Napa it, is, is the most visited place next to Disneyland. Oh, really? It's Disneyland for adults. Come on. There it is, yes. Yeah. See, I really, wanted to get, I really wanted to get you on here because you, you do know what you're doing with your wine tours. You know wine and how to present it and how to taste it. People, we do. Yeah. I mean, uh, our guests, the, the TripAdvisor uh, reviews say it all, really. Um, Thanks, Mom. <laughs> 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 and I, I think um, this year we had, uh, we had some friends that came um, on a wine tour uh, when we first started and they came out again this year 
and they were so impressed with the way that Mark was uh, presenting the day and the, the difference between, you know, the, that first year when we're going, oh, my goodness, we're doing a wine tour. To, <laughs> yeah, we're doing wine tours now. That, that's cool. And, you know, the, and they the both amount- lecture. They both lecture. She lectures in art history. He lectures in photography. So to get a compliment like that, because basically – I'm kind of lecturing for like seven hours, although hopefully people don't think it sounds. <laughs> it doesn't feel like I'm lecturing for seven hours. He's, he's, he's imparting his information, his... his uh, I, view it, I view it as letting people in on the secret of Umbria because very few people know that Umbria even exists. Oh, and if they, the don't know, if they don't know <laughs> that Umbria exists, they can't know anything about the town of Montefalco and the amazing Saguantino wine that they grow in the hills around it. So is that, I can't, is, um, is that the, the grapes, excuse me, the vines that turn bright red? Yes, exactly. Yeah, the leaves. The leaves, the leaves yes. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're started, just starting to go now, uh, just around the edges um, with one or two very bright red um, uh, leaves, just the odd one or two. But they haven't picked those yet. Um, but all around us at the moment, there's there's the 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 vendemia, the wine harvest is going on at the moment, um, which is it's wonderful to see. It's because mm-hmm. um, yeah. we're surrounded by vineyards at our house, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. We walk out our house. If we walk around our house, we can see six different wineries. It's local. It's not local I've lived local. in worse places, but to be honest, <laughs> yes. you think it's, it's like living in a relief map. It's incredible. We can see from our from our front door, basically, we can see like 15 little villages and towns, including uh, Spoleto, Trevi, Montefalco, and Assisi. Yeah, and it's 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 something that we um, always appreciate. It's mm-hmm. not something we ever take for granted that this ever-changing countryside that we that we live in. It's wonderful, and uh, I was going to say that the the Sacramentino is is grown literally on our doorstep, which is fairly special. I think I saw I saw those vineyards last year when I was out in the fall, and they are spectacular. Absolutely, fall is a great time to go to Italy. Um, you, you know, I where you were. Pardon. You were surrounded by them where you were. Yes, yes. Uh, where beautiful. You came, they were gorgeous, yeah. Pretty breathtaking. And so, you know, I'm moving to Italy, as I've mentioned to people on the yes. air here. And everybody I mentioned it to here, because I talk to anybody and everyone that'll listen, <laughs> um, I'm really amazed at how many people say, oh, that's been a dream of mine. Because I'm going not because it's a dream of mine, I'm going for logistic, logistical reasons. Mm-hmm. But at, apparently, I'm the only one that ha- hasn't had the living in Italy as a dream. That interests me. I, I get. I mean, we. It wasn't a dream of ours. It was more. We, no. We fell into it. <clears throat> um, I think we were more escaping England than seeking Italy. Well, see, that's um, what I mean by logistics. That's one reason. Can yeah. I say this on the air? That's one reason I'm. I'm moving because. Yeah. No. We didn't feel we didn't feel comfortable enough to live in in uh, England in in Britain, because 
um, the, the the job situation over there was was boring in the extreme. Really. Well, we, did, we didn't want to do what everyone else did and work fifty weeks of the year, looking forward to two weeks in the sun every summer. If I'd lived my life like that, I'd end up very angry with myself because we only get one shot, and to spend it in an office somewhere wouldn't make me happy at all. No. Yes. So, so we decided to change our lives. Yes, and it takes a one. Another thing I know a lot of people say is that oh, running their own business is a dream of theirs. Of course, it, when it's in the dream fantasy stage, it's a nice business. The realities are different. As they you are. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you think? They what, are. Yeah. what kind of roadblocks have you run into? Or um, what would you say? Or something like that? Or what would you advise people to think of first, perhaps, if they're going to start up a business like yours? Do a lot more research than we did. Do a lot more research. I now I, I wouldn't dream of going to a new country until I was fairly certain of my income stream. Um, it's all very well if you have a load of money in the bank and you don't have to work, then go and live where and wherever you like. But if you have to work like we do, um, then I, I wouldn't suggest such a big leap of faith as we did all those years ago without knowing that we could actually earn a living because it's difficult. Um, if you go to like an English place and say, I want to do this for a living, what do I have to do to start my business? Someone will tell you exactly, someone in authority will tell you exactly what you have to do to start your business. Someone in Italy will say, you've got to do this. So you go and do that. You come back and say, I've done it. Can I start my business now? Uh, no, now you have to go and do this. <laughs> and honestly, getting information without, I mean, you, you don't know what questions you have to ask. So you That's ask you the simplest question and you get an answer. It will never be the complete answer, may even be the wrong answer. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is it's always delivered with a smile. <laughs> it, it is. And uh, it's for every time that we have been so close to banging our heads against a brick wall or leaving, something will happen to make us remember why we fell in love with this place. Yeah. And as frustrating and as time-wasting and uh, dilatory as some of the things can be in this country, there's nothing quite like it for us. And for all the things that we hate, there's five or six things that we just couldn't find anywhere else. Um, yeah. I would You're still you there? That. We were hearing some funny noises here. Yes, I'm still here. Okay, okay. good. That's good. That's a good I thing. Heard that. I heard that too. Okay. okay. And, you know, it's funny. I know people complain about Italy like they say people don't show up on time. It's hard to get a, a medical appointment. And I have to say I've had people, yard workers, I have acres here and I need workers, or I'll have a, somebody come in to give me an estimate for something two days late. And I mm -hmm. wanted to schedule a doctor's appointment. They're three months out. So yeah. I, I, I don't, I mean, I know it's different. But I think people forget. Yes. It is. And basically, if you want to live here, you just have to accept it, swallow it, and move on. It, it's, it is different here. It, it is completely different. And that's the way it, we're not going to be able to change it. No, so not, you have to accept that. And you have to accept that, smile, and, go, and if you can't put up with it, then you have to move, basically. It, it's really, it is really different. But then again, it's different in 
so many good ways. Yeah. That, yeah. That, uh, I mean, around the town of Montefalco, there are blue outlined parking spaces all around the outside of the medieval 15-foot thick, 40-foot high walls, okay? And you have to pay like a euro an hour to park there, okay? But, and this made me laugh when I found out, between 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the afternoon, everything's free because they don't want to put, they don't want to deter the, uh, the locals from going there and having a nice two-hour lunch. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> That's lovely. Free lunch. <laughs> you know, and that's just one of the things that just makes us smile every time we think about it. And there's hundreds of things like that here. It is. Oh. And, and you, you learn that, you know, if you need something from the doctor that you, you've had before, then you give them a call. You go, can I have such and such? And he goes, yeah, I'll leave you the prescription down in the, uh, the pharmacy. Mm. And you go and pick it up from the pharmacy. You don't even have to go and see the doctor. That's very different than here. And, you know, in um, places like San Francisco, in even Sacramento, which is, you know, Sacramento, to park can cost three can park th- cost three and four dollars really? an hour. Yes, an hour. Yeah, prices are yeah prices are pretty bad. I just want to let and you know we have a- talk about the difference in medical uh, costs. Eh? Oh no, don't do that. No, that that's a whole that's a whole new. Um, the beautiful thing is radio I, program. I, I have condi- I have a very mild asthma and I'm allergic to nearly everything except <laughs> Giselle. <laughs> And uh, under uh, Italian rules, all my medicine, all my asthma medicine, all my alcohol, uh, as, uh, alcohol. allergy, allergy, <laughs> allergy medicine is free. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. I'm when I move, I'm going to immediately save twelve thousand a year in insurance premiums. Those insurance premiums only buy me the ability to get an appointment. I still have to pay 60 percent of the appointment. So I'm looking very much forward to that. Yeah, I yeah. bet. I bet. You'll probably pay about 20, 25 euros for an appointment with us with a, a consultant. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's fast. Free. We yeah. just let you know we have one minute left for the break. Yeah. In, we see yeah. that too. Yeah. In, um, in 60 seconds is a very long time. We'll okay. take a break in a minute. Okay. Okay. And then we'll come back and I'm going to ask about what a, a day like is for you what a touring day with you is like. Okay. And um, some other questions as well. And then I want to, 60 seconds takes forever, by the way. And I wanted to let you know that I'm coming out in November. Okay. Are you? What, what date? Roughly. I, uh, the 10th through the 20th. Mid, yes, okay. mid, November. Okay. I um, realize now it's going to take a while to sell the house. So I thought I'd come out scouting out areas. That's a good idea. And, yes. and, and a time to do it as well because it's not the best weather. So you'll get to see it when it's not so wonderful. Right, in the spring when everything's so beautiful. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean November's, November can be absolutely stunning, but, it, you know, it, it also, will give you a better idea, I think. And to be honest, it's beautiful here all year round. Well, yeah, it's true. It is true, yeah. The, where, where are you thinking of going now? Are you going to go to Marquet or Abruzzo? Which one are you going to? Which, Mar- which one are you going now? Yeah, Mar- Marquet. I would like to be close to um, Kathy and Vicky. Okay, that sounds good. It's yeah. lovely there. But so I like Ancona and near the sea and all that sort of thing. Then. Yes, and I want to be near a train station. Yeah. Well, that that's that's it's all there. 
Are you a train spotter? <laughs> and how far are you from Senegalia, where Vicky is? Senegalia is it? Well, now they've got the new road open. Don't we're, know. We're about. It's yeah. It's an hour and a half. So really, not that far. And on train, uh, there's a train too, right? There's a train that goes from Ancona, which I presume goes to Senegalia and then to Ancona. Um, and then Ancona, it goes all the way to Foligno. And that takes quite some time because it's like a little local thing. But it stops yeah, it at does all it. the little villages up the coast, basically. But it, oh, it's, I love it. I can't wait to take the train all over. Or we can take a break now. I know a minute's gone by. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Make Life Work with Kathy Ellis. Kathy would love to hear from you with any questions or comments you might have. Please send your emails by clicking the email host button on the Make Life Work show page. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Make Life Work. Today we're visiting with Giselle and Mark Stafford of Gusto Wine Tours in Umbria, Italy. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is what does a typical tour look like, or what do you do? Well, um, initially, the, the, the people um, would get in touch with me via email, um, and uh, then I will arrange a date, um, ask them a load of questions, you know, what, what they, what, what's their names, where are they, blah, 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 and... Um, Mark will then go and pick them up, and they will go and visit uh, a couple of. Uh, Shall I take over here? Okay. <laughs> Basically, all the contact, all the contact they have with Gusto before the actual tour is with Giselle, because I. Mm. He's, anyway, he's she's like... far more diplomatic than me. <laughs> Shall we say? Uh, but then the day before the tour, generally, I'll, I'll take down the information either from Giselle or from the computer, and then I will organise the tour. I'll, I'll look at um, who they are, whether they've been with us before or not, because a lot of people come back, and then I'll try and organise a brand new day with three completely different wineries, and then I'll pick them up, and in the car on the way to the first visit, I'll tell them um, all they need to know for their comfort and safety in the car, and then I'll tell them the history of the local grape make, uh, and the winemaking industry and tell them the structure of the day. And when we get to the first winery, normally we go straight to, because it's about half past nine in the morning now, <laughs> right. we won't actually go 
start drinking these 15, 16% alcohol wines. We'll actually go and spend 15 minutes in the, in the vineyard and I'll show them about the, the grafting and all the labor in, in, um, involved in growing the vines and a lot of the things dictated by the classification of the wines of the area we're in. And then we'll go into the winery, we'll meet the family, maybe the dogs, the geese, the turkey, the horses, the goats, whatever. And uh, then I'll go through how a professional would approach a wine tasting. And then we'll actually go through a wine, usually five or six wines at the first place, starting with the whites, then of course the lighter reds and the heavier reds, which are fairly heavy. And then always finishing off with the dessert wine because that's traditionally what was made with the local Sagrantino grapes. And then we go to a second uh, winery and generally we talk about there, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how they make the wine, uh, the white and the red and how it's different from most people. And then we'll have a look at the barrel and I'll, I'll explain how they avoid having to put lots of sulfites in the wines using burning sulfur to clean out the barrels, etc. And then we'll have another four or five wines and maybe a homemade grappa. And then we'll go to an agriturismo. Uh, and we'll have a full lunch with antipasto, homemade pasta, uh, the meat course, dessert, wine, water, coffee, sometimes limoncello at the end of it. And then when they can move again, we'll go <laughs> and visit a third winery. And uh, that takes us to about half past four. And I take them back to where they're staying and push them out of the, the car, basically. <laughs> And they roll into their room. And they roll into their room and go to sleep. But it's very common in the afternoon on the way back to the hotel for the guests to hold their mobile phone out to me and say, could you please ring this restaurant and cancel our dinner appointment? <laughs> and, of course, during the day, because the wines are usually far better than they imagine they would be from a region they've never heard of before, and the prices are far lower than... The, the wines they've bought in Tuscany or Piemonte, uh, there's quite often a lot of wine in the car that we can organise shipping for them to the States or the UK or wherever they want, really. That's another little service we do using the same couriers as the wineries. That's a fabulous service because when you're travelling, schlepping back a case of wine is really hard. It, it is. is. And it most really people is. simply don't want to do it. And, of course, with the, with the shipping, it's insured. If you break yes. it, not. And it's a door-to-door -door service, so it's, it's delivered direct, directly to your house. So it's really good. How many, how many tours a year do you do, approximately? Oh, I don't know. About... 100? A bit more than that, I think. Wow. A bit yeah. more than that. Yeah. Apparently, my wife <laughs> says, so it must be a bit more than 100. A bit more than that. I mean, on a monthly basis. I mean, we 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 have a we do actually have a season, which is quite. Of course. We didn't we didn't realise that when we started, but we do have a season. It's sort of like it starts around April, April or Easter, and until the beginning of November, I'd say. Well, basically, April just starts halfway. May is pretty good. June, July are pretty busy. August is usually very quiet because it's so hot. Most people just either go to the sea or stay by the pool. Uh, September and October are the busiest times of the year because it's the harvest, the kids are back at school, it's not 40 degrees, and of course it's not high season, so the prices for flights and hotels and that 
are a little bit lower. So you tend to get the travellers, don't you? We tend to get real wine buffs in September because we can see, uh, well, just this morning, on the call this morning, we saw the picciatura, which is the, the, the grapes came in, the grecchetto, the white grapes came in, and they went into the, 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 the distemma distalking machine, got pressed, uh, got smashed up as they do, they got crushed, and then they went into the press, so the press was working. We got to see all that. Yeah, it? we got Fantastic. to see all that, and the people, you know, the dogs walking about, <laughs> and it, it was just wonderful, really, really wonderful to see this. And sometimes the families are picking grapes right by the house because the majority of these tiny uh, organic family-run farms that we visit, the, the, the farmhouse and the winery is right in the middle of the farm. And so they're there and uh, we always carry a, pair of, a couple of pairs of secateurs in the car this time of year. So my guests go and join the family and join the, the, the harvest for, for a few minutes, you know, and carry yes. on. It's a really great, great memory really, for them. It's fantastic. Really, really, and I get photos, of course, and throughout the day I take photos with a digital camera. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. And at some say. stage after that, uh, Giselle will email them to the people who came on the tour. So they have a nice little memory coming uh, a week or two after the tour to remind them of how much fun it was. Ooh. Also. <laughs> using, using a tour service like yours has got to be the best way, hands down, without question, on going to wineries. <laughs> well, we think so. And, I mean, it, it, it really is. It's a way of being able to go to the very small uh, family-run places, uh, the, right. the wineries around here, that you either you wouldn't be able to find, or if you saw them, you go, I don't think I'll go there because they won't understand what I say. Mm -hmm. And... If you go there with Mark, then Mark will translate and and you get to meet the people behind the wines, uh, which is something that I think is missing from Napa. places like Napa, where mm -hmm. you've, got, you've got people that are working there that have nothing to do with the family in general. I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions to that, but you, 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 you it's very corporate there. Yes, and very corporate, yes. Here it's very, it's very local. It's very family orientated. Well, also it's very, they're awfully bad at marketing themselves. <laughs> the place I mentioned it earlier where we saw the pressing, not the pressing, the crushing of the grapes, um, they don't even have a sign up saying that they um, make wine. <laughs> I know, that's how good they are at marketing. <laughs> and this is partly why nobody has heard of Sagrantino. Montefalco or Umbria. Yeah, it is. It, it's quite phenomenal. And people say, um, I, I'd like to buy 25 or 2,000 cases of this wine. It's gorgeous. Well, you'll have to wait 25 years because they only make 9,000 bottles a year <laughs> you know, of five different wines. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, you know, sometimes I want to shake them because. People say, you know, can we can we buy wine through your website? Website? Website, oh, right. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, Don't know how to use a computer. <laughs> no, Certainly it's, being uh, from Northern, Northern California, I've done a lot of wine tasting in my uh, life. And the best <laughs> ones were always when maybe at the end of the day and a, a vintner came out and pulled you aside and brought you into their kitchen. Or somebody yeah. took you on a little special tour. Those were with 
or you found that little small winery that nobody knows about. That's exactly. really, yeah, that's the best it, part. Yeah. That's exactly well, these, that. these are all like this, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you if you can imagine, you know, you've got the I don't know the son uh, who comes along and and he's <laughs> there's, what's his Ricardo I think he is yeah he comes along and he very proudly wears his Gusto wine T-shirt, which is lovely. It's so sweet, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, he's. Um, He's quite, he's quite attractive. <laughs> the, 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 young, the ladies do quite like having their photograph taken with him. The young Australian <laughs> ladies on the tour this morning said he was hot as something, which I will oh, repeat <laughs> on the radio. Um, and one of them was married. He, he yes. was a hottie then, was he? He, he is a hottie. Okay. <laughs> so you, you have a special relationship with a lot of these wineries, a personal relationship. They yes. are, they are yeah. lovely, lovely people, and I think... That's, I mean, there's lots of criteria that we have, these wineries have to fulfill if we're going to start taking people there. But the main one is that we get on with the people. I don't want to go to somewhere where I don't like the people. I don't want to be, this is, this is like our dream job. I don't want to spend part of my very short working season in the company of people I'm not comfortable with. Or are not comfortable with us. If, yeah. if we feel that we're not really welcome for whatever reason, then that's fine. Um, and then I have to say, they, if they didn't welcome you, they'd be sticks in the mud. <laughs> 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 but we've, we, I mean, we've got, we've got such a, a lovely network of, um, of wineries that we can choose from depending on where people are staying. And, yeah. uh, and you know, if, if people do come again and they do, um, then we can say, okay, we'll we look at what we've done before, and we'll go to different places, and we can do that. And we just did it the other day, was yeah, it uh, time, Wednesday? It? The two English people came back for the third time, and they're coming back again, apparently. <laughs> but we took them again to a completely brand new day, you know, yeah. which we can do mm-hmm. because we've got about twenty little wineries that we visit in all. Yeah. And half a dozen little lunch places. So you really personalise the tour. It sounds like. It's we, different we every time. It, every, every single tour is different. and uh, Because it's not, even if I didn't want it to be different, it would have to be different because it depends where I'm picking people up from mainly. I but guess. also, the, the same wineries aren't always available. So I've got, I've got to have backups. I mean, I know it's, wonder, it's a wonderful idea having all these different wineries, but really it's absolutely necessary because if one has got um, one of the government bodies, because they're all organic. There's a lot of different government and local bodies that can visit any time they like and do an inspection. It's not really the best kind of time to take a group in there and have a tasting. So if there's a problem, and I ring up and I want to go there, because I always try and organize the tour with three different wineries, either three different, very different styles of wine, or one that's only started making wine 10 years ago, another one 50 years ago, another one 100 years ago, or three completely different size wineries. And I I really try and do that so they can see how things change with size or age or experience or whatever. Um, But sometimes that isn't possible because they're out, there's a funeral, there's a wedding, they've got another group booked or something. So I need that kind of flexibility. Go back to organic. You said the wines are all organic? 
Well, the ones that we visit are, but actually most of the wines in the area are anyway, because most of the families that have been making wine there uh, have been making wine for generations since before there was a choice about being organic or not. Plus, there's so apart from the traditionalism that keeps Italy going, basically, there's a couple of real concrete reasons for the winemakers to be organic. Firstly, as I think I said already, the houses where the people live are in the middle of their farms. So the vineyards and all the olive groves start like 20 or 30 yards from their house where they rear their children. So most people don't really want to put poison down where they, their children play. The other reason is that these, these are subsistence farmers, but they're grape farmers. They're not some city slicker who wants a shot at eternity with their name on a wine label. The wines they make are the wines they drink every day of their lives, which I think is the most amazing incentive to keep them as clean and pure and healthy as possible because they drink them every day, and so do I. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> the smoothest wine I've ever had came from Italy. I, I'm, I'm afraid I can't tell you what vineyard it was, and I threw the bottle oh, away. But, but when I go out there, Kathy and Enrico only took me to two wineries, so it's one of two wineries. Oh, okay. And I'm going to figure it out. I was, I was amazed at how smooth it was. Yeah, I mean that sounds. If you. It was a Marquet wine, obviously. Yes. White or red? Was it a red, red one? It a was red? a red, yes. Rosso Piceno or Rosso Cornero? Around there, yeah. around there, yeah. There's not much choice for reds in the Marquet. But they're very good. Was so smooth. So where would people fly to if somebody from somewhere else outside the country wanted to come and visit your region? And then okay, do wine well, tours with you. Where would they fly into and maybe where would they stay? Okay, well, if they were flying in from, say, the States, then the the best point is Rome. And and then you can take the train up or you hire a car or whatever to come a, up a to lot of people, A lot of people, if they're staying in Rome, they actually take the train up. For the day. For the day. They get the train at 8 o'clock. I pick them up at quarter to 10 at the railway station. And we go into the tour, and I get them back to the railway station for the ten past five train, and they're back in Rome by seven o'clock in the evening. About seven, yeah. Usually very full and very happy. Oh. Yeah, with a couple of bottles of wine clinking by the side. Yes. <laughs> so you're only an hour and a half from Rome by yeah. train. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> if you were coming in say from the UK um, there is a flight that goes from Stansted London Stansted through to our local um, airport called uh, Samarak no San Egidio San Egidio in Perugia basically in Perugia. Perugia it's Perugia airport that's what they call it and um, there's flights nearly every day um, coming in, but if you're coming in from uh, the coming in from the states, Rome is the usual. Milan's another one, and Florence. Um, but coming up from Rome is a far easier than coming down from anywhere else, um, time-wise. Yeah. To get to Umbria. We're kind of equidistant between Rome and Florence, but the trains are much better from Rome. If you were coming out on a tour, if you wanted to get to Umbria and stay and you wanted to be able to stay and come out on a tour, 
then um, the kind of like radius that we would be able to pick up from would be sort of, let's see. Perugia, Spoleto, Perugia and South and and north of Spoleto, really, and Toddy is over to yeah. the west, and that's easy over to the yeah yeah. So kind of a circle around Montefalco. Montefalco is kind of in the middle of all that, and mm-hmm. uh, of course Montefalco itself is always a nice one, but it's not on a train line, so you'd have to travel into Foligno and then get a taxi up from from there if you <laughs> wanted to stay if you wanted to stay in Montefalco. Taxis are a, a rare breed. However, if you've got the train to Foligno, there's some really nice places to stay, and Foligno is great for going out in the evenings. Especially the weekend. It's really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, but and, and we can pick up from Foligno, no problem at all. And of course, if somebody contacts you and they have no idea what they're doing, you would give them some ideas of where to stay and. I do. Yeah, on our website, a... on our website, we do have a sleeps neat, which has got lots and lots of different places, um, and they can just check those out themselves and uh, let me know. And so. are you considered Central Italy? What are you? What are you considered? Yeah, oh, it's, yes. it's, it's, cent- it's Central Italy, and we're kind of central of Umbria yeah, as well. Yeah, so. and we're central to many people's holidays. Yes, we are. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because Marque is considered southern, even though it's in the center. Who told you that? I read it somewhere. No, it's, it's eastern. It, it's on the east. No, it's mid. Cent- central is from like Florence central. down to just above Rome. Really, we are we are definitely central. So is the Marque. Yeah, well, because the Marque is basically to to the east of us. To the east, northeast of us. So if it's we're right central, next door, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just over the hills, really. It's over the mountains. I see. It's it's very quick to to drive it now. When marvelous. when I come out in when I come out in November, I'm you know I'm going to be on a mission to look at property and such. We'll be gone yeah. ten days. That's really eight days because tour travel. But I yeah. swear to goodness, I don't think my friend would ever forgive me if we don't do a wine tour. <laughs> No, would we? No, yeah, we won't forgive you. You know that. <laughs> well, no, my no, no, my friend that I'm bringing with me, she um, loves wine a lot, and I think we should schedule a day. Okay, let's do it. Yes, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll you know con- connect with you um, later, but um, we could just take a break from uh, property shopping. Yeah, absolutely. You'll probably need one. You probably, would need one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're 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 getting cl- well. We can end now. So um, I really want to thank you so much for being my guests today. It was a lot of fun. In reminding everybody, you bet. And I'll remind everybody that your links will be on our pages on my yeah. page. Thank you so much, Giselle and Mark Stafford from Still Walk Tours. <laughs> and we'll see we'll see you in a couple of months yes in a couple of months oh shoot yeah. uh-huh. keep safe no wait wait um w- one thing I wanted you to do is tell people what a good way to contact you even though I've listed them okay the, the easiest way to contact us is uh, via email and uh, our email is is our um, name of the company, so it's Gusto Wine Tours, all one word, 
at gmail.com. And uh, if, if anyone wants to get in touch with us, that, that will get directly to me and I'll get back to them. I get back to people within 24 hours. Usually 24 minutes because she's on the computer. <laughs> 18 hours a day. So Gusto Wine Tours at gmail.com gmail.com and that's g-u-s-t-o gusto wine tours at gmail.com all one word final s and if anybody does meet up with them gusto wine tours please let them know you were listening to the show yeah do yes yes if you if you uh if you write to me and you say that you heard about us uh, via the show, then uh, we'll give them a 10-euro discount per person. Lovely. There That's we go. lovely, yes. Wonderful. And I'll give them a free kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and they must feel free to give me the 10 euros back to not have a kiss. <laughs> Well, I do hope we get a lot of listeners today. We just have still a couple more minutes. I I misunderstand. I'm getting messages, you know, from the um, station. And oh, yes, that one too. I, yes, I misunderstand them quite a bit. I'm learning how to be a radio host. There you uh, go. If there's, you know, there's pieces to it you just don't think about. Of course. Um, As so, with most jobs. Yes, I yes. suspect. Oh, I suspect. <laughs> well, we've... We've got that. It's a very busy season at the moment, and uh, it's it's wonderful to to have all these really happy, happy people. Yeah, it's great. Um, and and to, for them to go away knowing more than they they started out with, which is which is yeah. all we can hope for, really. And the people today were really, really nice. When I don't know if Giselle told you that at the end of the day, I stopped the car at a Seasy to yes. drop the guest off, and the car caught fire the engine <laughs> caught fire and <laughs> i had to wait an hour and a half for the pickup truck to come and pick me up and they waited with me oh how sweet they were we're, so so nice that is so sweet okay we we're gonna end now okay. and then and just so everybody well if they listen to this they'll know they're listening to it on, on podcast and i'll give you all the details later giselle so you can let folks know Lovely. Thank you again so much and see you soon. Yeah, well, thank you. Pleasure, thank you, and safe travels. Yeah, and we'll we'll speak to you when, well, yeah, get in touch with me afterwards and uh, we will um, arrange a day that you can come over. Excellent. All right, thank Uh, you. Bye-bye. Okay, take care. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Thank you for tuning in to Make Life Work. Please join your host, Kathy Ellis, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next show, try to see your life and world through a new perspective. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 